0: This is MPN. Welcome to MPN. We're running down the list of divisions here for the Major League Baseball season 2015 making our way through it now starting now with the AL East uh, a very interesting division been ruled by a couple of teams over the last 10-15 years but there's kind of a, a changing of the guard I think in the uh, in the works here here to discuss it with us is our good friend calling in from Boise Idaho Matt Melton Matt how are you doing bud?
1: I'm very well. Thanks for having me, Ryan. I, I appreciate this.
0: Oh, good. Yeah. I, I, we're, we're happy to have you on here now. You are the biggest Red Sox fan that I know. Um, now, now explain to me something here. So you, you're, you live in Boise now. That's correct. Were you born there?
1: Uh, well, not, I'm, I, I consider this my hometown. I was okay. born in Northern California, actually, like San Jose area. Oh, really? I don't remember any of it. We moved there okay. when I was really little.
0: Okay. So you're, let's, okay. So you're pretty much, your your hometown is boise you went to school in southern california right where'd you go to school oh boise i went to boise state you went to boise state okay all right your favorite football team is the carolina panthers (laughs) your favorite baseball team is the boston red sox how does that work you've lived in boise you've lived in los angeles how does that all come about How, how, how how does that come together
1: this is ambush journalism, first of all. This How is, dare you? This is. <laughs> well, truthfully, growing up, like around here, I wasn't super into sports. Like, and, and honestly, Boise is obviously kind of an island when it comes to sports teams. There are no professional ones. And the truth of it is, like, I remember... Growing up, we, you know, we're in Mariners TV territory, and I, I never cared all that much about the Mariners. Like, I don't have anything against them. But even, like, when they were great, with, like, Griffey, when they won 100 games on the regular season, I never really cared all that much. So it would be disingenuous of me to say, oh, I'm a Mariners fan because they don't stink right now and because I get to watch their games. Uh, so that's part of it. Ac- actually, growing up, um, I was a big Rockies fan. Cause of they, course, yeah. They kind of just came about when I, when I was... Get into, like, when I was seven, eight years old. That was, like, their first season. And I remember uh, being super into it. You know, I knew all the guys. And then in 94, the strike happened. I was, like, nine. Uh, and they just stopped. I didn't understand why, you know, but they just stopped playing baseball. And, you know, the kind of short attention span of a kid is, like, well, if you're not going to play, I'm not going to watch. And I just sort of gave up on baseball for years and years and years. Um, So how – I tell you that to tell you this, when I, how the whole Red Sox thing happened was I was going across the country to work at a camp, like a summer camp, and me and a friend of mine, uh, we stopped in, it was in Maine, and we stopped in Boston for a couple of days to visit a friend of mine going to school out there, and we, we decided, like, on a lark, like, hey, let's go to Fenway and watch a Sox game, I don't really care, but it's a cool stadium and whatever and
0: it's like something you have to do when you're in Boston really I mean, exactly yeah.
1: right It, it just yeah. as much as like oh let's go see the, the USS Constitution and mm-hmm. eat lobster and whatever like that was that was part of it so we get sat down and this was 2003 uh, and you, yeah. I remember it was the first game they played against the what was now the Washington Nationals um, the first their, their first ever game against that team and I remember sitting you know terrible seats obstructed view like awful awful seats all we could afford but of watching the game I'm like oh right I love this game I forgot this I've loved this for so long yeah. so that's sort of where that came from it was just
0: kind of dormant laying dormant inside you for a while and going to Fenway unlocked this world that you had never even that you had forgotten about
1: it certainly had never interacted with as like an adult and it's like now you know Now that I understand a little more what's happening, because, you know, I played Little League. I stunk at it. They stuck me in right field because I was terrible, you know. You're like Hanley Uh, Ramirez. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Just go out there and just try not to get killed. You'll be fine. Uh, So that's where that came from. Okay. Uh,
0: Well, that's interesting. I lived
1: in Charlotte for a while. Like, I didn't pick the Broncos or whatever. I'm like, I'll root for the Panthers, I guess. I worked close to the stadium. Like,. I'll just kind of go down with that ship really <laughs> I like all I mean it's baseball for me one and a distant second everything else all
0: right well I mean that's that that that's a very interesting uh, you know traversing the country thing that you have that's really cool that you know being from from because you know I'm from, I'm from Northern California and so I you know my father was a Giants fan I really kind of had no choice in the matter and So I I like hearing these stories from people who maybe didn't have a team necessarily close by, but it's like, well, how did you adopt the team that you adopted? You know, I mean, there may be probably lots of Mariner fans in Boise or in Idaho because that's all that there is. And so that's kind of what you're subjected to. So that's what you become – a fan of. I, I think that's. I, I always like those those stories. I think they're all really interesting. Like, how do you how do you come how do you, how do you create a team like that? So
1: sure, it's a big part of it is TV. You know the the TV territory and that whole thing is so obtuse and weird. Like, it's, yeah, it's just strange how they break that up. It's irritating, not to rabbit trail. It's irritating to be around here and it's like seeing people like, oh, well, now we're Seahawks fans because they're great, and we're not Broncos fans anymore because, or we are, but then we also aren't. It's like. Well, just I mean, just pick one and stick with it. Yeah, and that's that's like I get I got no end of crap for being a Red Sox fan. Oh, bandwagon! I'm like, first of all, it was a year before they won. Second of all, I didn't leave. Like I sat through you know 2011, 2012, the crazy Bobby Valentine years. Yeah, like chicken and beer and the what? Like so, I've I've done my time. All right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I didn't go anywhere. No, I jumped on the bandwagon, but I'm still here. Yeah,
0: you're not you're not what Bill Simmons calls the pink hat uh, fan, really.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So, Matt, you also have a another podcast, a baseball show that you're going to be revving up here pretty soon. Um, you and your friend Cody, you guys have a show called the baseball that, that baseball show. I'm sorry, that uh, baseball
1: show. That's correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: And um, so you're, I guess, kind of committing a little uh, podultery here with uh, uh, being on MPN like this.
1: A little bit. I like to think of it uh, as as something akin to bringing in an expert witness for like a trial, you know, like it's cool. I can talk about the East and, and I've cleared it with Cody, you know, communication okay. is key in a relationship. That like is, this. it is. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, he we're, uh, we're really stoked to, to get it back going. We, we were going to do some off season stuff and then, you know, life happens. Cody insists stubbornly on having a wife and kids. So it's, it could be tough Rude. to hammer him down, but obviously Rude. the season is starting here soon. So we're going to fire it back up. Our show is more, We're not ever going to out-analyze or out-hot-take anybody. We've we've sort of, from the jump, we've decided that's what it's going to be. So ours is more just sort of a casual fan talk more than anything else. Um, If you're interested at all, we'll get new episodes up soon. We're going to hope to have one. I mean, it's coming up on us opening day. We're right in there. But, uh, yeah, we're on iTunes, That Baseball Show, Twitter, at That Baseball Show, I believe, Facebook fan page as well, the whole... Old, that old chestnut, so we're excited to get that going.
0: Awesome, well that should be great, everyone should uh, should check that out after they check this episode out, so, um, so yeah, so I mean, let's just kind of jump into it here, this is a, just in doing a lot of research and looking at things in the East, and just in the American League in general, and I, I talked to you a little bit about this before, but there are really not a lot of great teams as I look through it. There is a lot of parity, and I feel like the great teams are in the National League. I think, you know, the Dodgers and the Nationals are on kind of a whole other plane, and depending on how you feel about the Cardinals and anybody in the Central and the Cubs maybe, but um, this is a division I actually told you I had a hard time trying to predict what's going to happen because they're all kind of good, and I think I can pick out, bits and pieces that i like from all of the teams now whether or not you know it's all going to depend on how everything sort of plays out and everything like that but i don't know i mean do you get that same sense i mean is that something that you you you've seen in, in in looking at this division
1: absolutely for this year yeah it's you know i was looking at you know in kind of prep for this and because that's kind of a world that's interesting to me i was looking at like uh like futures odds like as far as you know over-unders on games for each or not games but uh, wins, you know yeah. uh records for each right. team and like even if i hadn't seen that i i really feel like this is a division where like maybe 86 87 wins is going to win the division and they're all going to be i mean unless the rays completely implode which is not at all like outside the realm of possibility yeah uh everyone's gonna finish within probably three games of each other so I, I feel like it's it's kind of it's really anybody's division to a degree um, but it's it's gonna be super tight and I guarantee like I would put any amount of money on this so there's not going to be a wild card team coming from the east it's gonna be probably two from the west and you know maybe, probably, two, from maybe central, two from the central yeah yeah or one for the central yeah, yeah. so it's, yeah it's it's it, and it's not for my adult baseball, you know, fandom career anyway. That's sort of an aberration. I feel like it's always been it's almost a given, right? And more often than not, not all the time, but like okay, well when there was one wildcard team, it was going to be the Yankees and mm-hmm. out of the East and everyone else was going to have to just win their division. And now it's it's I mean, you guys talked about it at length, but dude, the West is so strong like and that's so hard to call, but like in the other direction, like who's someone's going to get left out like yeah. with 90, 91 wins and they're they're just going to miss it outright, which is bonkers to me. But
0: well, let's start with the Sox. They because they f- completed their worst to first to worst trifecta last season.
1: You know a little bit about that. So I, do. Giants, don't I do. Giants. I do. I
0: I think you guys are kind of the uh, you guys are the odd year Giants counterparts. Really, you know, we'll take the even years. You guys can take the odd years. That's fine. That's I I, I, I would be totally fine with that.
1: Yeah, that's that's if it's every other win, it, we'll do, we'll do seventy wins one year and then like ninety three the next. I'm, yeah, I can hang with that. That's so, fine with me.
0: So I mean, this it was so funny because after the uh, debacle of twenty twelve with um, Bobby Valentine and everything. Ugh. They pretty much kind of got rid of all those players, replaced them with new players. I kind of feel like they've done a little bit of that again this season. They had an awful season. They finished, I mean, awful. They finished in in, they put finished in last place in a pretty tough division. But they got rid of their entire pitching staff. They turned over a lot of the lineup, and they're kind of doing the same thing again. Like, well, let's just you know run some new guys out there and kind of see what happens. Really.
1: Yeah, it's such a weird, and it, this has been talked about at length by people who are much smarter than I am. But it's kind of a weird amalgam of like s- small market, like I, I, the, the, the term gets thrown around a lot, but like Moneyball kind of tactics, and then with a big market budget, like it's it's they've really found a way to kind of harmonize those two concepts to where it's like they can trot out you know these kind of up and comers and then go and. Throw wheelbarrows of money at Pablo Sandoval as well. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, 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 they're doing it both ways, which is interesting, but I think, especially lately, it's, it's kind of accounted for like a feast or famine uh, sort of result. Like, very mm-hmm. high risk, very high reward, obviously. Yeah.
0: Well, and they, the, the one thing they do kind of have going for them is they have this amazing farm system. And so they, if they need to go and make a trade or something like that to improve the team, I think that they have the ability to do that, including uh you guys won the um the bidding battle for Yon Mankata, the nineteen year old uh wunderkind who I mean, for all intents and purposes, is just supposed to be fantastic.
1: Yeah, I, I've been reading a little bit. of. I didn't really know, obviously, who he was before he, he came to the States. And it's crazy to me because it's like we're going to pay this guy all this money and we're not going to see him play until probably – I mean, barring like a September call-up, probably not until 2016, maybe even 2017. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah. it's it's it it's is, cool, yeah. but it's weird to think about. Like we can, we can afford to have $19 million in our minor league system yeah. for a couple of years. Yeah, like that's be, insane yeah. to some people.
0: Well, the pitching staff, the like I said, they they got rid of all the the pitchers and they kind of brought in these money ball ish kind of guys. These not not big money. It's kind of a team of third and fourth starters that they're all. That, that that's kind of the, the the whole makeup is. I mean, Buckholtz is the number one starter, but behind him they're they're kind of good, not great. And I think that there's a couple of teams in the division that maybe. Th- one through five have a probably better rotation all the way through.
1: Definitely a more traditional rotation. Anyway, you've got your obvious stud and then you've got kind of on down to the guy who's probably not going to make the playoff roster. You know, they'll just start somebody else on a short rest. as their number five guy. But yeah, that's an excellent point. The Red Sox have got Buck who love the guy, you know, love his talent, etc. but he's maybe a number two at best leading the staff. And then, yeah, you got a bunch of number threes like, that's interesting roster construction-wise, but it's also an obvious huge big gaping hole as far as r- roster construction goes, or at least a big question mark, that's for sure.
0: Well, yeah, because they could all really just be their typical solid selves and kind of go 15-9, and 15-10, and, and they'll have a winning season and a shot at the division. But the worst case, they when you have these guys that are so volatile, sort of middle-over-the-rotation the, guys, they've never really been relied on to be the guy – you kind of walk that fine line of like mediocrity and greatness and if the coin falls on the mediocre side they could finish close to the bottom of the division again.
1: Yeah, it's certainly in play. I think they def- I mean because of the rotation, they probably have a lower floor than a lot of other teams in the division, probably any other team in the division, but the way – you know, I remember that late last season, it just fired – it felt like they were fire-sailing everybody. Felix Dubron, gone. John Lackey, gone. Like, Jake Peavy, yeah, maybe was never really ever here for <laughs> yeah. the last year. Well, so yeah. he's gone too.
0: John Lester too. Yeah, everybody's uh, gone.
1: yeah. I don't – I don't know to this day if they let him go to Oakland with the idea that they would get him back. But it was heartbreaking all the same to see that they weren't able to do that. But, you know, you really can't ever go home again, can you? That's I mean, true. It's,
0: Well, I mean, I guess he kind of did with Theo, but they are, of course, I guess the pitching-wise, they're kind of in, I want to say, maybe the the obvious spot for Cole Hamels if he were to get traded. As I mentioned, they have the strong farm system. They could give up the prospects, basically, that Ruben Amaro Jr. has just been holding on to Hamels for the godfather offer, basically. Right. And if if he doesn't budge and they say if they're maybe four or five games out of the division and they have a shot at him, I think it's the perfect landing spot and he would vault the entire staff up. He would kind of put Buckholds back to that number two spot that you said and kind of move everybody down into their more slotted section, that the th- place that they're more comfortable with probably.
1: That seems the most likely, whether it's Cole Hamels or whoever. It, it feels an awful, what I've been reading and from what I've been seeing, it feels an awful lot like Ben Sherrington, G obviously GM of the Sox, when he put this roster together, he said, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna put together kind of a like vintage 2008 2009 Yankees um, hitting roster, right like offensive roster, like one through nine, everyone's gonna be a danger, and we're just gonna outslug people. I see the Red Sox winning a lot of games like 10 to eight or 12 to ten, right? Let's just yeah. jump out in front and just here's a five run lead, you know yeah. here Dude, you Kelly. go maybe. Yeah. They're trying not to choke it away, you know, Um, which is one way to do it. Sure, it's a super stressful way to do it, but it feels like to me what they're going to do, and this might transition into some of those position players, I think they're just going to muddle through, like, the first half of the season. This is my prediction, anyway. Okay. They're going to muddle through the first half of the season with Clay Buchholz and basically four Tim Wakefields, you know, (laughs) who are just innings eating, you know. Yeah. Right. Maybe... Pitching right around 500 with like a four or five ERA, win some, lose some. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to happen is with the embarrassment of riches they've got in the outfield, um, especially corner outfielders, um, it's probably we're probably gonna, they're probably going to be buyers at the trade deadline. You know, maybe 500 plus or minus a couple games. They'll make a big splashy move. You know, either rent or, or at least hang on to a couple of years. A guy like you know Hamels or somebody else who might, yeah. who knows where everyone's going to be come July. But that's what it feels like. I think they decided not to pull the trigger on those guys and they decided to go out and get your Wade Miley's and your Justin Mastersons to just have guys to to be there. Yeah, and just lean on this offense, which is going to be just hopefully just very smoke. good.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I and I think that you you talked about those. Those outfield spots, I brought it up a little bit in the open, sort of jokingly, but I was shocked when I pulled up the depth chart and saw Hanley Ramirez in left field with the green monster, and it reminded me so much of, like, 2007, 2008, Manny Ramirez, just sort of, he can just slug the hell out of the ball, but you can kind of put him... In left field, that's really the one place you can kind of put him if you, if you want to just kind of hide his defense a little bit. But I was shocked because he hasn't really spent any time in the outfield in his career. I was looking on, 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 at his stats and his defensive stats. And it's like, he's been a DH, he's been a third baseman, he's been a shortstop, but I couldn't even find any time when he has been an outfielder. And it seems strange to me that for someone who has been known to not. Uh, get along with his teammates or to wear out his welcome within a few years that he would just sort of be willing to accept that position to the outfield I mean I know Xander Bogarts is great at shortstop but does Hamley think that he's great at shortstop he probably still thinks he's great at shortstop so it was it was odd to me that that he would just accept that no problem
1: yeah it's a weird marriage like maybe he played left field in college or something but yeah as far as like at any kind of major league level i'd never even heard of it so when i first heard they were first of all i had no idea they were targeting hanley i knew pablo was was kind of in the discussion early on especially after the will middlebrooks trade do i think san diego or whatever yeah it was yeah yeah. it was and i don't remember which one came first but the hanley one came out of left field like not so to speak no no, no pun intended (laughs) like yeah uh I had no idea. I was like, well, what are they going to do with him? Does that mean bogey's out? And they go, oh no, they're going to stick him in left, which is where, as to my knowledge, he's never played before. So it's, it's bizarre. Certainly I, I'm cautiously optimistic and I think it's going to be one of those things where, you know, maybe we can hide the monster can hide maybe subpar defensive numbers for just having his bat in the lineup. It's really how it's how it feels anyway,
0: but she's still a great hitter. I mean, there, there's no denying that when he is healthy and firing on all cylinders, he is, He was is one of the most dangerous hitters in either league. So you're right to have that bat in there and to have him, you know, launching launching uh, balls at the at the Green Monster should be it should be a fun season. You know, maybe one or two years of of Hanley Ramirez before he starts to kind of wear on people a little (laughs) bit. And he's oh man, he would just be the I could just see the articles coming out of Boston when the first time that he mopes around or he does something, and then they're going to want to run him out of town very quickly. I think. Um, but I mean, oh, right. yeah, I mean, being,
1: Manny being Manny is still, it's a touchy subject for a lot of folks.
0: Yeah. It's funny for everybody else, but it, I think it's, yeah, it, it can be touchy on that. I mean, you talked about the outfield situation a little bit with like, you got Mookie Betts, you got Rusni Castillo maybe in there. Who's he, he's banged up a little bit right now, but you still got Shane Victorino and Hanley. You've got, essentially what the Dodgers had last season. They've got five or six guys for only three spots. How do you think it shakes out, and what's your best outfield options, do you think?
1: Sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it's funny. As I was looking at this, like... So, like, on like Yahoo Sports, for example, they've got sort of a depth chart sketched out, and they've got... They're projecting Hanley in left, Rusny Castillo in center, and, and Shane Victorino in right, which, that makes sense, but... But what I've been reading out of um, uh, spring training and a lot of that is that Mookie Betts is playing lights out offensively and defensively in center field to the point where it's almost a done deal. It'll be Hanley in left, Mookie Betts in center, and then whoever can separate themselves from the pack between Daniel Nava, Shane Victorino, Rusny Castillo. Alan Craig is probably back in the mix as well. He's healthy. He's looking good. But you're talking – and that's just – that's not even counting a guy like Brock Holt who could play literally any position on the field, uh, the ultimate utility guy. Like I – I wouldn't surprise me if that ends up being a revolving door all season until they trade off one or two of those guys for pitching, you know, maybe at the deadline like I was saying. Yeah. Uh, it's a great problem to have. And honestly, like – I re- like first of all, Mookie Betts is one of the best baseball names oh, since, yeah. you know, Oil Can Boyd. I love it so <laughs> much. Like that's a guy – I just want to root for. And he, I mean, he's killing it. He really is. Like, I thought I read somewhere. And this was as of, I think, like maybe a week or so ago. But he's batting something insane, like 431 in spring training with a couple of dingers. I mean, 471 with one home run, two triples, two RBIs, and nine runs in 11 games. That's great. I mean, he's killing it. Yeah. So I don't think going into it, that was the plan. But I don't think they can ignore the hot hand you know so it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him because on yahoo he's listed behind Petey, behind pedroia at second base on the depth chart and i think he played his way into a starting spot which is just going to be great
0: well that's excellent yeah so speaking of that infield good uh good good dovetail there i was looking at dustin pedroia i yeah i mean are you concerned with him i know he can still kind of pick it that the the infield defense for the red sox is going to be excellent next year Um, or this coming season, I should say his, uh, I mean, Pedroia's OPS is down each of the last four years. His home runs are down. His stolen bases are down. Uh, I know he was, he was hurt for a little bit last year, but I mean, he can, I think he can still kind of be effective, but he's making 90 plus million over the next, next six years. And um, are you concerned that he's trending in the wrong direction, or are you still okay with where he is and and the the production you can get from him?
1: Well, and and to kind of add to that point, he's also kind of the de facto face of the franchise between him and Poppy. You know, like that's – he's kind of – he's the one in all the Dunkin' Donuts commercials in Boston, right? Like he's he's the guy. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I really, I've been thinking about this a lot. My, my concern with Pedroia is that this is kind of like an Emperor's New Clothes type situation. Like, everybody sees, like, the nagging hand injuries and the DL time. And they're not really willing to to confront the reality that it's been like that more often than not since, since he came up. Like, even I was thinking about it. I'm like, well, you know, he's been a little banged up, had thumb problems. You know, when he slid in, like, on the opening day or whatever, two years ago, he slid in a second, like, totally jacked up his thumb for like the entire year lovely and you kind of like i know at least me anyway i've been making excuses like well you know it's this and that and he'll be okay but then you think about it it's like oh man that was 2007 was eight years ago yeah we may have to confront the possibility that he's just not ever going to be the same and that's a huge bummer and no one wants to say it out loud and i feel in the pit of my stomach awful for even saying yeah even thinking it but Right, just like that's it's treason, high treason. But like we'll be okay without him. But he's such a likable guy, such a force, obviously such a presence um, from a fan perspective. I mean, go to any game where the Red Sox are playing. Go to a game in Anaheim when they're playing the Angels, and anybody who's wearing a Red Sox shirt is even money wearing a Pedroia t-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's really important in a lot of reasons, but. The declining stats and the the, the kind of the, the hours logged on the DL, it's all adding up to, like, not a very comfortable picture. It's a super – it's a big concern. And the amount of money
0: that he's owed, too, is kind of a problem also.
1: Yeah, very much so. so. Like, they're going to be fine. They've got a lot of pieces, you know. Yeah,
0: oh, absolutely. Holt,
1: he can slide in there. Mookie Betts, I think, you know, could easily – Slide into second base if they need him to, and then they'll use one of their million outfielders to take his place. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's going to go down. Which who knows? But. Yeah.
0: Well, it, it probably won't be this year. They they won't put him out to pasture this year. It'll probably be a couple of years down the line. But it's, no, I mean, if you it's have still concerning, pinch- though. Pinch- it's it's, it's s- definitely still concerning.
1: Yeah, very much so.
0: So, okay, so the we're going to jump to the. Um, The Rays, they finished in fourth. We're going to kind of go from, um, from fifth place to first place last year, and then, uh, we'll get your thoughts on what they, uh, what the, how how you think the division will shake out this year. So last year, the Rays had their first losing season in six years, which sounds, again, you talk about Pedroya, but that sounds strange that the Rays finally had a losing season in six years when they were just known for nothing but that for the first 10 years of their existence. Um, they finished 77 85. They lost Andrew Friedman and in turn lost Joe Madden. I guess Joe Madden had something in his contract. That's how he was able to leave. There was something in his contract that said, well, if Andrew Friedman leaves, I still have the option to leave as well. So Friedman went to the Dodgers and so Joe Madden left and is now coaching the Cubs.
1: Yeah, that was so weird. It was like it activated this strange escape clause. Like the minute this happens, we initiate, you know. Project Omega where he just gets to bail out yeah. like apropos of nothing. It was a it was a weird, like it took me a couple of days to even catch up. It's like, wait, now he's what? And he's who, who what, where? Yeah. It, was, it was the craziest thing.
0: Well, it's really strange that you, because you hadn't heard nothing bad coming from him that he wanted to leave or that he felt like he needed to leave, but he, I guess he thought that, hey, well once this guy's gone, I'm just going to go ahead and try to go out and, I guess he make more money, I suppose. That's kind of always what it comes down to, I guess, but um, but, you know, it's so funny that even though they kind of lost their manager, they lost the GM, the people that they brought in were still kind of going to stay with the Rays way. I mean, they did their usual wheeling and dealing. I mean, they dealt Ben Zobrist and, you know, Escobar. They got John Jaso uh, in, in that deal. He's going to maybe split time with like Rene Rivera. But, I mean, they dealt Will Myers uh, and they got, I guess you can call him Will Myers Mach 2 in Steven Souza, the uh, the, uh, the the Nationals prospect. So, I mean, they did their roster turnover where they have specific price points and they have specific things that they're looking for, and if you don't do those things, then you're kind of out of there.
1: Right, and I'm a, I'm a lot bit skeptical. I mean, I, I think they've, they've done what they can. I don't think anybody foresaw, even internally. I don't think anybody foresaw either of those two front office moves happening. So, you know, they've got they've got Kevin Cash. I think is their GM now, which no, he's or, the manager uh, as, as their manager. Yeah, yeah. Which is like he was kind of a like a. I remember he, he was on the Red Sox. He was on everywhere for like a season as like sort of a sort of a journeyman catcher, right? Sort mm-hmm. of just like a mercenary guy. Like they'll be fine with that. But I did read an interesting thing. He's the youngest general manager or, like, a, like coach or manager or whatever of all the four major sports in this country. Wow. By far, the, like, by by a mile, almost. Like, he's... he. I think he was playing as early as, like, a year or two ago. I got remember... I had his Wikipedia huh. page up. I, I closed it down, but... So there's an interesting fact to it. I don't think that it's going to factor in as much as people probably think, but it's an interesting little piece of trivia, I Yeah. Think.
0: Well, no, and because... Just because he's young... I mean, Joe Madden was an older guy, but he was still able to wring out the most talent I think from these young players, and I think that's kind of what's going to do well for him in Chicago. But we have to kind of see how this like guy who retired a year and a half ago is able to connect with these younger players, and you know, I I, I think we'll have to we're going to need to give him a season or so to to, to check and see if that if that still works. Um, the one thing they do kind of have going for them is their pitching staff. So we talked about the Red Sox pitching staff kind of being shaky. I think this is the one constant and the one thing that can be positive for the Rays. Um, Obviously, they lost David Price last year, but Alex Cobb, Chris Archer, Odorizzi, I mean, that's a pretty good one through three, and they're maybe getting Matt Moore back from injury. So, I mean... If they're going to win games, it's probably going to be on the back of their pitching staff.
1: It, yeah, it feels very low floor, high ceiling, I think. Um, there's a lot of buzz about Odorizzi, especially, like we and depending upon injury time, I think. Because like Cobb is having some trouble. I think he's been pretty banged up most of spring training. I don't know that he's going to be their opening day guy. I hadn't heard. I mean, that's a couple of days old. But I think it sounds like he's not going to, so... Whether that's Archer or, or whomever, um, that's certainly a concern. Yeah, but uh, I mean, it's 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 very much a raised pitching lineup. I think one we're more accustomed to, kind of these guys it, about right where they're supposed to be. You know, as far as like your three, four, five guys. Yeah, that's, that's who they're going to be.
0: Yeah, and 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 they got Drew Smiley back in the David Price deal, and he's also banged up as well. So I mean, these guys that they. If they're all healthy, I think one through five, they will probably have no problem pitching. They have a pretty decent bullpen as well. Their closer's a little banged up as well, but they, they got Kevin Jepsen from the Angels and uh, they still have Grant Balfour and they picked up Brad Boxberger. So guys who can throw hard and guys who can, you know, any one of those four guys in the ninth inning can probably close, but I mean, they have, like I said, they have a solid bullpen. They have a, they could possibly have a solid pitching staff, but Matt, Can they hit? That's Uh, sort of the million-dollar question. uh, Yeah, I'm not too sure about that.
1: It's, I mean, you know, looking at it on paper, you've got, obviously, you've got a lot of guys coming back. Longoria, obviously, it doesn't sound like he's going anywhere anytime soon. No. Um, And he's always, I mean, it's baseball, like, we're all better off for Evan Longoria playing the game, right? I mean, he's a great guy, great ambassador for the game, et cetera. Um, You know... There's a lot of, the, you know, really, like, there's a lot of these guys I don't recognize as far as, like, who they've got slated to be their uh, their starters. Um, James Loney, obviously, at first base. Like, that's that's going to be pretty solid. Um, I think a lot, not even not a lot, but this is going to be an interesting year to watch Desmond Jennings, I think. Like, let's see, because I remember we, we played in a silly fantasy baseball league. It was, like, a three- or four-person super team. Like, basically, everybody's an all-star and I remember having Desmond Jennings because of certain stats, like. But he's been so, so, so hot and cold. It feels like, and I just. We should know, I think, by now what, what kind of player he's going to be, and we still don't. Um, and that would be alarming to me if I was a Rays fan. Which, let's be honest, there aren't no Rays fans. There's but not if there many. Were they'd be super concerned. Yes. <laughs>
0: <They're> like, <laughs>
1: Take that, Rays like, fans! Come back,
0: come back, come back, Carl Crawford. We love you. Uh,
1: we love Carl Crawford. <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and, but they, it, it, but it's interesting, though, because, I mean, I, I, I look at their team and I, and like, like you said, there's there's not a lot of people, a lot, a lot of names that jump out. Kevin Kiermeyer, they're, uh, now their starting center fielder. Um, but there's not a single player on their roster that was worth more than 3.7 wins last season. Zobris was five and he's traded. Um, and they were second to last in OPS last year. So, I mean, they didn't do a good job supporting the good starting staff that they already had. Um, but I think the key is going to be kind of how Steven Souza plays out. Because he was kind of this big piece that they got in the Zobris deal. And and I think that if he can kind of flirt with 15 to 20 home runs, he's, he, he's been great in the minor leagues. He's just hit the snot out of the ball everywhere he's been. But if they can get anywhere from 15 to 20 home runs out of him with him and Longoria, and if Jennings can get back on base again, it's maybe starting to come together a little bit, but there's just a lot of ifs. And I just don't think that, I think one of them is not going to do what they think they, they're they going to do.
1: Yeah. It, this This feels like a very low ceiling team. Like even if everything breaks their way, I don't – I mean, in, again, like we talked about, like where, in, a, in a division where 86, 87 wins might win it for you, that's that's probably them playing well above their heads. That's somebody coming out of nowhere, having a banner year, like just too many things to sort of hope happen, to feel any kind of good about. For me anyway, projecting them to go anywhere but dead last. I just – I don't see it. I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I mean, obviously people get hot at weird times cut to all the, you know, fans of the Royals nodding their heads sadly, but, right. uh, it's just, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like they're, they're going to be anywhere close to contending for this season and probably next.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they do have some pieces in the minor leagues because they're the Rays. They have a great scouting staff, but you know, yeah, it's, it's not looking too good for, uh, this team that made the world series less than 10 years ago. So that's really interesting. Um, so the next team on the list in the division uh, also, did a lot of wheeling and dealing the offseason. That was the Toronto Blue Jays, um, finished at 83 and 79. Um, their big move happened in bringing back a conquering Canadian hero in uh, Russell Martin, signed him away from Pittsburgh. I mean, I didn't see the press conference, but did they bring him in in like a mounty outfit with like a on a giant horse cuz it seems like everybody made such a big deal like oh you know he's canadian right so they're going to give i mean like okay great yeah i mean he he he's now this uh very very rich canadian baseball player and he he's excellent he he's a fantastic player he's one of the three probably the three, one of the three best catchers in baseball but um you know, I, I guess there's no word if he has a seat in parliament yet, so I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean they they made a couple of, of of really big splashy moves in an effort to be relevant because they've they and the Mariners now have the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball because now that the Royals made the playoffs last season, so they have constantly I mean, in the last couple of years their GM Alex Anthopoulos has just been. Let's just make these big moves and hope something sticks and we're able to work out. But they haven't had anything work out in so long. And so maybe they're hoping that this crop of new players, big moves, big deals will finally take them into the wild card, into the postseason or something like that. I'm
1: I'm not sure. Yeah. Was it was it? Was it 2013, I think? I remember reading just everywhere, right? Like, oh, man, the, the the Blue Jays are loaded for bear on paper. Their lineup was filthy. Like, they got these guys. They got – Vegas has got them at, like, 3-1 to one odds to win the division and, like, 5-1 to one to win the series. Like, such crazily, loftily high expectations. And they just – I don't know. I think that's a part of it, but it just, just – totes did not pan out for them just so i mean it was a tough what having no skin in the game i mean i felt bad for those guys because that was just i don't i can't recall another time where there's been such high expectations for a team that has so completely under delivered on them i mean almost to the point it might have been impossible but even even knowing that it was it was rough
0: yeah and and this but i mean i'll be honest though looking at at the names that they got and looking at their their lineup especially the top half of their lineup I think this is a sneaky good team and I think that they're kind of one of the three best teams that I'm having a lot of trouble sort of placing in that order because they are just going to hit the snot out of the ball again they're just going to mash I mean they already hit the third most home runs in baseball last year they had the fourth highest OPS as a team, and that was with Deonor Navarro playing games for them. So, I mean, <laughs> who
1: is, by the way, on the depth chart as their starting DH? Yes, so there's that.
0: That's true, but he has asked for a trade. I think. I think that's that's kind of the the underlying thing is that I I, I thought I read that he has has asked for a, a, a trade. So maybe who knows? Maybe they'll they'll bring in somebody else who can hit a bunch of home runs. So, um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, currently right. they've
1: got Justin Smoke. Yeah. Uh, Written behind uh, this is according to Yahoo Sports anyway as as the the, uh, on the depth chart at DH, which I think is. Am I misremembering this? I don't remember him being good, super productive. (laughs) Good, okay, sure, all right, good. (laughs) I was going to put it more delicately, but that just seems like an odd. Do they not have anybody else they feel comfortable with sticking like three quarter time DH?
0: Yeah, I guess not. I mean, I guess they can just maybe they can take out one of the guys that. If, if they want to give them a day off on defense around or around or, or the infield or outfield but I mean but yeah I mean but the thing is that like the bottom of their lineup is almost in the exact opposite it's almost an exact opposition to the top half of their lineup because their one through five or one through six is pretty scary. I mean with you've got Batista you've got Encarnacion Donaldson, or Josh Donaldson, who they traded for, Russell Martin. I love Martin. that
1: pickup, by the way. I've, always, I've had a huge man crush on Josh Donaldson. I think he's going to be great for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and so that's a really good top of the lineup. I mean, they lost Adam Lind and Melky Cabrera, who were decent at getting on base, and so that allowed for lots and lots of... Uh, RBIs for guys like Batista and Encarnacion but Jose Reyes I mean they kind of caught lightning in a bottle I think getting him for 140 plus games last year I don't know if we can really count on that again this year but they're going to do a decent job getting on base and they're still going to be able to hit home runs and I do love the dingers I I do love the dinger factor um as you know uh listening to the uh my me gush about the Houston Astros um <laughs> but but yeah so I I I I think that if they can pitch a little bit, they are going to be pretty dangerous cuz Donaldson's great, Martin is great. He's 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 going to basically be exactly the same as he was last year they're hoping and Encarnacion and Batista are two of the best sluggers in baseball. So what is what is what am I not seeing here? The,
1: that that attitude is 100% correct for the for the Blue Jays. I like as long as I have been watching the AL East, right? It's always I've always felt like these, this all seems really great. How come this is not working? What's what's the missing piece? Like, I've always thought either Bautista or, or Encarnacion were always a trendy bet for me to um, to take home the uh, the home run title. Like, always, always. Like they always had. Like I remember being in Vegas and like sl- looking at the sheets and like I usually, honestly, I usually bet Encarnacion. I know he's got kind of a trouble staying on the field, but he's they they mash consistently and he always like it seems like they're always finishing in like the top. Ten for for yeah, and home baseball. runs, right? Yeah, yeah. Not just the, not just their league, but in all of baseball. So, yeah. You, I mean, and they're. I mean, obviously, if you like the long ball, like, then you probably like the Blue Jays, at least like watching them. So it's it does it, it. seems like if it's it's like just an out of sync. Like they're not like all the cylinders aren't firing at the same time. When the offense is great, they're still losing those games like twelve to ten. You know, when mm-hmm. when, when the pitching's there, people are hurt. Like it's it's such. Like mad, it's got to be so maddeningly frustrating. And when you, when you mentioned earlier about their playoff drought, is it? I don't I don't have it in front of me. I, I suppose I could look it up, but I'm going to see if you know it offhand. When was the last time the Blue Jays made the playoffs? Has it been as long as like, it must have been the,
0: it, Yeah. Well, no. It must have been. It, it's it's at least twenty years. I think the last time they were in the playoffs was the Joe Carter walk off home run in the World Series. They won the world series in like 93 and then that was it. They were gone and then that was it after that. So, and it so it's been since, it's been over 20 years of them not being in the postseason. Crazy. Yeah. Like that, yeah,
1: that's, that's, I mean, yeah. I, and I don't have any answers for you. It's really, it's strange. I think they've got a, a kind of an interesting conundrum with R.A. Dickey. Um, obviously that one year, did he, did he win the Cy Young? Yeah,
0: like, he did. did he, he did. He did, yeah.
1: And he's just not, I mean, small sample size. He really, that's not the guy. Maybe, you know, I, I don't know, but maybe he's not the guy we thought he was. Like, you think about Ubaldo Jimenez, like, that year when he was pitched for the Rockies. Like, nobody had a better first half of the season than him. And if you if you were handing out the, the Cy Young in July, he'd have won it in a landslide. But it, that's, but now, like, he's bouncing around. He's, like, the number five starter on, like. The Orioles. The Orioles. So, yeah, yeah. is that it or it's somewhere like – it's somewhere weird. Like just – and he's sort of – that's got to be the third or fourth team he's been on yeah, well, since. He, yeah,
0: yeah, and he – it, it's interesting with Dickey if you think about it that he won that Cy Young and then the Mets immediately traded him that offseason. Like they were selling as high as his stock was going to get and – they were more than happy to be rid of him. Like, oh, just, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll trade him. Go for it. You know, give us a couple of your good prospects. And, and they did it. And so maybe that's what it is. Maybe just the, the top half of their rotation is just old. I mean, they have him, they have Dickie and Mark Burley, whose combined ages is like 87. So, <laughs> True. I mean, that, it's so funny because they have those two guys. That are, I mean, and Burley's been okay his whole career. He's kind of been he he had he had a few years of of being amazing, but he's been kind of like you know, it's like you're okay with Mark Burley being on your team and starting. Um, he's not gonna he's he, he, he's not gonna hurt you too much.
1: But they have but this, that's as much enthusiasm as you can drum up, isn't it? Yeah, that He pitched a perfect game, didn't he? He did. He and then did. he had that. What was it? It was the first game of the season a few years ago. He made that just ridiculous. Uh, that, yeah, it the was,
0: ridiculous play. Yeah, that the, was like the burly
1: meter. That became the yeah. thing. Like, where does this where does this web gem rate on the burly meter? Because it was so sensational.
0: Yeah, it was the and, first game of the season, and it was a web gem. It was the web, number one web gem through the whole year. He went wire to wire with like the number one web gem. So
1: completely deservedly too. But yeah. that's like, but that's as much as oh yeah, he's a guy. He's our number two. We're we're. Pretty okay with that. Well, that just seems like a. I mean, what do you? It proves the pudding, but it seems like a bummer to me.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, they have young guys. Also, they have this guy Aaron Sanchez who um, was fantastic in long relief last year, and he's 21, and he did so well in the bullpen. It's like it, it would be the equivalent if Wade Davis went to Ned Yose and was like, Hey, I want to start again, and Ned Yost is like, Well, no, you've done so well in the bullpen. You, I know you used to be a starter, but I I think from what I've been reading about it, that they want to kind of keep Sanchez in that long relief role because he was just so good last year and their bullpen was not good at all. But, um, you know, they did lose Marcus Stroman, who was kind of slated to be that ace maybe by the end of the year and push Dickey and Burley out to pasture Um, but they lost him for the year covering first base in practice. So, I mean, this is just – I mean, this year you talk about being snake bit for 20-plus years. This is kind of exhibit A right here. So, yeah, I mean, if Sanchez is good this year and he stays healthy and with Stroman coming back, they could have a great staff in, like, two years. So it's definitely not going to be this year, though. Right.
1: Speaking of – I I feel like we're close to moving on, but I want to touch on this real quick. Speaking of what feels like a stopgap measure – what do you think of the signing of Miseris Tourist to second base?
0: He's been fine. I mean, he's not... He has zero pop, and he ha- that's kind of his thing. He's kind of the Ray Ordonez of today. He's going to be okay for you at second base, but he has zero pop, which is fine. I mean, you can put him at seven or eight or even nine and get him you know he'll, he'll he'll get on base a little bit turn the lineup over and ultimately he will probably end up scoring 70 or 80 runs but um I don't love it but he, he's he's kind of like Mark Burley in that sense where it's like well he's just a guy he's your guy that you have and he's not going to ever hurt you too badly where you're like god I'm going to call Sports Talk Radio and complain about Meiser's tourists like <laughs> doesn't even rate yeah and no. I
1: rate you know local sports morning show Rant, for sure. Yeah. He's just a guy.
0: They're not going to know his name like the first quarter of the season. They're going to call him like Mysterious Tourist or something. I don't know.
1: Right. That'll be fun to watch the uh, the local broadcaster's trip over that name. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was, he's was he been in the league for a minute, played with the Angels forever and ever and ever. But he was always that – my buddy Helen and I, another big Red Sox fan, we, we, we sort of call him Player X, right? Yeah. Like, like when you're playing like a, like, let's say when you're playing like the show or whatever, and you're playing like a dynasty, like multiple seasons and the game has to start making up guys Names. like, oh, well, here's this guy, Joe Smith, who is on your team now and yeah. he plays in right field. Like he's kind of, I mean, it's a fancy way of saying replacement level player, but that's kind of how I feel like a guy like his tourists is like, and, and he's also playing. How about that? Yeah. Like, he, here's a guy that can play baseball. We always felt that way about JD Drew. Yeah, never understood the JD Drew signing. Like the joke between him and I was like his baseball card is just that like silhouette that you see yeah. on like a video <laughs> that, game. Yeah, just, yeah. But he's, he he could play too. Yeah, there he is
0: well we um so we're getting down to kind of the home stretch here with the last couple of teams. Now
1: sure.
0: this is a team I think that you probably have some opinions on, probably one way or the other. Being a Red Sox fan, the uh, the Bronx Bombers, the New York Yankees. They finished in second last year, which I wouldn't have even thought if I didn't see it with my own eyes. Because I just feel like there is—I mean, maybe it's just a maybe it's just a New York media thing—but I just feel like there's always doom and gloom around the Yankees these days. Um, They finished eighty-four and seventy-eight. I think this year they'll probably, maybe even flip that a little bit. Um, But they, everything that is not related to Alex Rodriguez is super bland I think with this team I I don't know if you agree but I look at their players and I look at the moves that they make and everything just kind of seems very vanilla they're not making those Yankees prototypical moves where they're just so splashy and they're making all kinds of you know they're 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 doing the the dump truck full of money up to their the players houses and things like that but I mean I I guess it's just it's just strange I, I I wonder why but they didn't they got Didi Gregorius to replace Jeter Question mark? I mean, that's kind of the, that's the next guy you want to, to 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 be at that hallowed shortstop position. But
1: well, and to that all I could say is that I'm not comparing Nomar to to Derek Jeter, but like, welcome to our world, Yankees fans. It has been impossible to replace. Nomar at shortstop since, I mean, this has been a problem for the Sox for 15 years. like And I, I feel like it's going to be a problem for them too. And I think a lot of it is expectation, like the next guy to take over after Elway. like uh, yeah. Wasn't that, um, that was Jake was, the Snake, wasn't it? it? Well, Isn't no, it was,
0: it was Bubby Brister first. And then, exactly. and <laughs> then Yeah, right. <laughs> and then Jake the Snake came in and gave the position a little bit of legitimacy. Um, but yeah, it, it, shortstop's kind of a tricky position because... A-Rod, guys like A-Rod and Nomar and Jeter in the mid-2000s, early to mid-2000s, they were very, very offense heavy, and I feel like it's shifted a little bit more these days where, I mean, just from the Giants' perspective, a guy like Brandon Crawford, he is wonderful on defense, but yet all you're hoping is that he'll hit two forty and he won't murder you with the bat, but... The, i I think there's a weird shift now where there's the the, the 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 defensive aspect is more of an important one than maybe what you can do with the bat or even both but um Gregorius is supposed to be good at short at short he will probably hit as well as Jeter did his last couple of seasons but he's gonna play a pretty nice shortstop I know he because he played for Arizona last year so I, I saw him a little bit but I mean they're they're kind of a weird team because they're old, but they have some youngish type of pieces that I think are kind of really exciting. And, you know, a guy like Dylan Batances, who whose numbers really popped off the page, really looking at his numbers. Um, was he on your uh, all-star uh, fantasy team? Did he make it onto anybody's? Or
1: I don't think Do so. remember? Okay. We also might have stopped paying attention because it turns out fantasy baseball is a long season to be activate every single day yeah (laughs) especially when you're playing with four people it just becomes it's a silly chore at that point yeah does fantasy football start again (laughs) right
0: exactly well uh he was he was well just maybe you can get a a heads up then you can you can jump on him before before this this comes out he was 5-0 1.4 era 135 strikeouts in 90 innings last year and he's now going to be the closer so pretty all right that's that's not bad that's not bad um but one thing they couldn't do last year, which I thought was really strange, was hit. They couldn't hit. They were twentieth in runs scored last year in all of baseball. They were like twentieth in OPS, twelfth in home runs. I mean, they. I don't. They couldn't hit. <laughs> no, and I don't know if there's anything that's left in there that, or, or the, the the people that they brought in again will necessarily fix that.
1: Yeah, it's. Which is weird because again, like those, I remember those Yankees teams from like 2009, and like that one jumps out to me. I think that was my first year in LA, just watching games with my roommate who is a was died in the wool Yankee fan, like, and just being just terrified of their entire lineup one through nine. And now it's like, I mean, on paper you've got they're all pretty much with the exception of Gregorius and Stephen Drew, which there's another Drew sighting That's for true, you. Yeah. It's a projected second baseman, which is weird, but you've got like. Tashira Chase Headley probably at third like Ellsbury Carlos Beltran like these are all guys mm-hmm. who don't have a like a reputation for not being able to hit but they're just not hitting and it really feels to me like you know this kind of the and it's it, it's it's sort of low hanging fruit but and and of course this this is a complete conflict of interest as a Boston fan but this all this whole thing feels to me like here comes the bill. For for your reign at the top of the ALEs for as long as you had it, I mean, Robin Peter to Pay Paul, super overpaying guys when they're twenty five, you know, paying a guy when he's forty for the guy he was when he was twenty five, like that kind of thing, like that. I think that's what we're starting to see. I mean, because they're not they're not super old and they're not super like it's, there's nothing no sort of glaring yeah. like old. They're like early space. to
0: mid thirties guys. I mean, uh, with the exception of uh, Beltron and Arod I mean, they're all kind of—they're past their "quote unquote" primes. I mean, they're past their like mid to late twenties, but you should still be able to be productive into your thirties and thirty-five and things like that. But they just—they—they're not.
1: It, and it feels like—and I have no problem with those kinds of contracts per se. Like, we're going to lock you up, and we're going to get five good years out of you, maybe, and then like probably four or five super subpar years. Cough, cough, Derek Jeter. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Like, I have no problem with those kind of signings, but here's kind of the wages of that. Like, and because of that, you're like, who do they got coming up? Like, no, they don't. Like, they really don't. I mean, when you got when, when you treat the Kansas City Royals as your as your minor league affiliate team, like <laughs> that's kind of what's going to happen. And I, this is kind of the wages of that. It feels like like this is you're just going to have to deal with. I mean, whatever. I, I put no stock whatsoever and then finishing second last year. I mean, nobody wanted to. It felt like nobody wanted to win that division. Like so, whoop, bully for you. Like you, you finished second. Great. Yeah. Uh, you still, you just still finished out of the money. Like we all. No one's going to remember that. You know, even this year. So good, good on you. Well, but they, it's just, yeah. it's such a weird. Yeah, I mean, even even with significant skin in that particular game, as as you know, a Sox fan, it's it's a bizarre thing to watch play out.
0: They need more players like Brett Gardner. I mean, Gardner is like a youngish guy. He's on a decent contract. He's been worth four wins the last few years. And he's a guy that, that they brought up through their system. I mean, I can't even look at any of their other guys as being anybody, any homegrown at all. Um, I mean, the, the up and down their pitching staff, too. It's like CC Sabathia is on $150 million contract. And they traded for Nathan Uvalde. And they have Michael Pineda. And they traded for him. So they don't they they have always been a a team of of mercenaries they've never had they haven't had the um the the big prospects really since Jeter and Rivera and those guys are all now leaving and the cupboard is bare like you've been saying so I don't think they are going to do a lot of things very well especially now that CC Sabathia has kind of lost a little bit. I mean, good for him for losing a lot of weight. It's you know for his his, his life long term, it's probably better for him. But right. um, but I mean he's he's not throwing as hard as he used to, and they're kind of relying on him to stay healthy and be that ace top of the lineup guy now that oh now that they lost their ace Hiroki Kuroda to retirement. But um, yeah, I mean they're the I think the pitching staff is okay, but it doesn't. There's not a guy that I can come to the ballpark and be like, man, I'm really scared of Masahiro Tanaka, or I'm scared of what Michael Pineda is going to do to our lineup today. Um, And the same thing with their lineup. Their lineups, you don't, nobody, does anybody scare you in their lineup or in their their pitching staff at all? Is there any guy that you're like, oh man, I I hope we miss him in the in in the in the three game series that's coming up?
1: Well. So I've been hearing a lot of reports out of spring training that CC again, like you say, he's kind of one of these. We've heard this, this the old canard of the you know oh best shape of his life. He showed up at spring training in the best shape of his life, but that's kind of for me that's one of those I'll believe it when I see it kind of things. I have not been scared of CC Sabathia in in several seasons, and I I, I stand by that. Now I did read on Yahoo the other day that um, it sounds like they're going to pencil Tanaka into to. to be their opening day starter, over Sabathia, which would end his streak of six straight opening day starts for New York. So I think, I don't know what that means necessarily. I know CC's had, you know, he's had some injury issues and whatnot. Obviously, Tanaka has. Um, Their whole, I mean, I could talk for a whole hour about that. Their whole handling of of Tanaka was just so bizarre at the end of the season um, that they would risk starting him an extra start or two when they had like literally a ten thousand to one shot of making the playoffs so they would risk just letting his arm fall completely off to start him it was like they're starting on a short rest like in a game that was like well it would have been a must win but it's like let me just pack it in like this is not happening yeah. don't risk this guy don't you know don't screw this guy's arm up for years and years to make a push right now when if you're gonna limp backwards into the playoffs and get creamed in the first round like why would you more you know bet the farm on something like that so
0: well yeah and and, and it wasn't like he was a young guy when he came over it's not like he you he, this is a guy you're getting right out of college fresh and everything like that no he would already had a few seasons of pitching in japan and he's a rookie to the mate to the to the majors to, to the to the united states but it's not like he's still got a bunch of innings left on that arm you could probably use it for you know, use them for another three or four or five years, maybe you build up your farm system a little bit. And, and uh or maybe, you know what, maybe they just don't. And then they just go out and sign Zach Ranky next year. Like maybe that's just what happens. That's just what they're going to do. And then everyone would be like, oh, same old Yankees again wouldn't shock
1: me like no. i remember that ten, to talk about people who were scary i remember that ten, 10 game stretch last season where tanaka was just lights out like looking at his stats now like he finished with like a two set 2.77 era which i don't think tells the whole story because he really was like that guy was terrifying i don't know whether or not that guy's going to show up the interesting thing i went and looked this up by um by innings pitched last year like which i think is a decent indicator of who you're going to get like Hiroki Kuroda led the team with 199 innings pitched. Tanaka was second with 136. And no, hardly anybody else finished above 100. Yeah. Like, that's been a huge, huge problem for them. And I don't – it could certainly shake out another way, but I think that's going to be another problem this year. I mean, unless CC has a suspiciously transformative, <laughs> you know, spring training, I just don't – I don't see it. Like if, if that's going to be your guy, which by the way, he's one of the only qualified, I think he's the only qualifying pitcher as far as like innings pitched for like leading the leading the um team leaders. Like that's he it's him. Yeah. With 11 wins, 3.71 ERA, 146 Ks, which is all right, but like and then you've got I mean,
0: I mean Michael Pineda was good in a yeah, there. but he, but he but he was the the thing is that these all all these guys were good In small samples. I mean, I know Nathan Ivaldi a little bit, but he's been traded twice. He's supposed to have this electric stuff, and they gave up a pretty decent piece in Martin Prado to get him. I mean, maybe they could have saved a little money on Chase Headley if they just kept Martin Prado, but, you know, I mean, that's beside the point, whatever, but um, I mean, I I, I have to agree with you. I, I have to agree, I think, and I think it was a really interesting way that you put it. I think that was a really good way of putting it, that the chickens are coming home to roost for the yankees and for years and years of, of 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 dominating the division by just outspending everybody. So, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that a similar thing will happen to the Dodgers but without all of the World Series titles in between. So <laughs> So can I have it both ways, Matt? Can I not have it both ways?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's too early to tell. Yeah. I know I know though that it feels like the Yankees are one one bad hop away from having to start like Chris Capuano or Ivan Nova, and that's just like that's that's or Alfredo Oséves. Which, let's be honest, those are nightmare scenarios. That's yeah. not what you want to see. And I think we're gonna, I, I'm I'm saying it now, we're gonna see that somebody's. I mean, whether it is whether they mangled Tanaka and or if CC is the same CC. Whether Pineda can't stay, like it's going to be one of those guys, and it's going to be just a mess.
0: Yeah, if Chris Capuano is involved in your season in any way, it, it, th- things have not gone well for <laughs> so, you. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: horribly off the rails. If if that's starting pitcher and Chris Capuano are in the same sentence, yes, <laughs> bad, it, bad news bears.
0: Yeah, and and uh, is not your is not in between that. Like if Chris, so. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's start with it. Let's finish out with a team that actually won this division last year and uh, looked like a pretty decent World Series favorite before they ran into the buzzsaw that was the Kansas City Royals, that was the Baltimore Orioles. So finished 96 and 66. They had the second best record in the American League last year. And really, kind of looking over, they're the shortest, they're my shortest little thing of notes that I took here because there's not a lot that's different. They have a lot of the same players, and in fact, maybe with the guys coming back from injury, maybe even are a little bit better than they were at the end of the season. So, I mean, for all these moves and all these big off-season deals that a lot of these other teams made, the Orioles were pretty quiet in the splashy big moves that they made, and um, I mean, they, they lost Nelson Cruz. He hit 40 home runs last year. You talk about suspicious home run totals, but, um, <laughs> especially for a guy who's actually gotten in trouble for it before, but, um, they lost Andrew Miller to the Yankees. Uh, he came over from the Red Sox and had 14 strikeouts per nine innings, uh, in the, um, in, in, in the bullpen. They, he, he was a part of that Boston fire sale, but I mean, their big piece, I think the kind of the key for them is Manny Machado. The, one of the best young third basemen in the game he's so fun to watch but he's coming off an injury he looks like he's good to go for the season opener but you know you know, you you can never really know he, he, he's supposed to be miles ahead of of his of where he's supposed to be and he's healing amazingly so they're counting on a big season from him and if he's in there i I have a hard time picking against the Orioles again i mean the, I don't know. What do you do? You do you like them at all with the same team that they had from last season?
1: I, I do. I think is the answer for sure. I've always, I mean, you know, interdivision rival aside, I've really liked what the Orioles have been doing, um, especially since Showalter took over. Um, they, they they just seem. It seems like they're just just getting just incrementally better and better every year. We haven't really seen a, a significant spike and we haven't really seen a significant drop. It feels like anyway, whether or not I don't, I don't have the stats in front of me, but that's how it feels. Um, and I, 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 agree. Like you really didn't see, you know, it trade rumors and all this, not really making any splashes and look kind of looking at their, their roster. I, I don't know that that sort of thing is necessary. No, I, for me, and I'm, you know, spoiler alert. I, I, I think the Red Sox are going to win the division Um, based on what I think they're going to do. But in a year like this, it wouldn't surprise me where you've got a team like this, it doesn't really have any glaring strengths, but neither any glaring weaknesses. Like, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see the Orioles repeat um, with this exact same team. Because why, when everyone else is kind of having these weird, fluky, you know, chaotic years, why wouldn't a team like this win 87, 88 games and, and go to the playoffs again? Like, I just, unless, like, something catastrophic happens you know maybe maybe Manny ends up you know I think maybe he's on step one where like Petey's on step four or five of like being worried about his injury history but like I think he's got a much higher and I love the guy I think he's got a much higher ceiling than Pedroia has Oh, absolutely. what yeah. kind of a superstar he can be I'd be a little worried about you know his the time missed but I, I think it's a little early to, to hit the panic switch just yet on that like but unless something crazy like that happens I mean you've got Perfect. I mean, totally serviceable and that sounds boring, but in a weird year, like this is probably going to be, that's, it it wouldn't shock me at all that that's what's going to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they're, I, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like we're both struggling for things to say because they're exactly the same as they were last year. Really? I mean, their pitching is fine. They're Chris Tillman. I like Bud Norris. I think he's, he's a fine third starter. Um, this is actually, you know, we talked about Ubaldo Jimenez, um, but he was a, he was a, a serviceable pitcher as recently as two years ago. And of course we know about how he's been in the past, but of course the fluctuation of pitchers and everything like that. But, um, you know their bullpen is solid their starting staff is nice one through nine adam jones is a nice piece in center in, uh, in in uh left field defensively offensively they they won 96 games and they went basically an entire half of a season without machado and without matt Weiders, and then they spent the last month of the season without chris davis and then into the postseason again as well so putting those pieces back together uh i think they're a pretty good chance the a a pretty good shot of maybe winning the division again so i mean they're they are what they are they they are just the orioles from 2014 practically so
1: they really are who we thought they were exactly to, to borrow the sports meme they they very much are i i think it's interesting i mean not necessarily grasping for things to talk about i think it's interesting that um Bud Norris, now he was, he was on the Astros, wasn't he? He was one of those guys that like, he got good and they traded him away for prospects and that's kind of been their plan, right?
0: Yeah, he was like the big pickup for, uh, a few years ago. Uh, I think it was like 2012 or 2013. The Giants were actually in talks to maybe be, you know, in the Bud Norris category, but it's like, everyone's sort of like, well, who's Bud Norris? He's just been pitching in obscurity in Houston and, um, so yeah, he, he, he was in Houston and he ended up, uh, going to Baltimore
1: yeah so that's that's I think we noteworthy I suppose um, be fun to, to see you know what happens with him I speaking of noteworthy I think it's interesting and I wonder if this is accurate or not but uh, I'm on the Yahoo Sports page we're looking at their their roster and Ubaldo Jimenez is if this is accurate which it may not be according to this he's the highest paid pitcher on this team right now now that, doesn't, you know.
0: that doesn't surprise me at all
1: He's on the hook for they're almost. They're on the hook for him for almost eleven million dollars, and he's not even projected to make the starting rotation. So, if that's a reclamation project, that's a super expensive reclamation yeah. project. I mean, if that's if they've got the the you know the the cash and the starting rotation to to be okay with feeling that out, cool. But if
0: not, it can be a very expensive mistake. Which really, yeah. they're, they're, they're not really known for being a. Spend with the big boys type of—they're uh, not small market because they—I ha- mean they—they—they they, they draw a decent amount of fans and but they're not really ever. You don't really hear like, oh man, the Orioles—it's down to the Orioles and the Angels for this team for this player and you're like, okay, well that that never really happens. So it is strange that they are taking a chance on this guy for eleven twelve million dollars. But- yeah, a
1: significant investment for a guy who yeah. It doesn't – I mean, and I, don't, I haven't heard anything from spring training. I think we would have heard if he was playing lights out. So for a guy waiting in the wings, right, it's yeah. it's bizarre. I'm excited to, to get kind of a bigger sample size on Chris Davis. I think that's going to be interesting because um, that, again, for me is one of those guys I don't know that we know who he is just yet. Like, yeah. been pretty hot and cold. Obviously, he had that year he took the the home run title, not the batting title, but the home run title. The home run,
0: run title, yeah, 53. On a, 53 out of home nowhere runs. 53 yeah.
1: home runs and they were dingers too like yeah. i mean these were not little squeaky you know short porch and left field at angel stadium home runs these were like these were moonshots. no yeah almost and, 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 all and of he, them. yeah
0: he was hitting them out at all all fields too that he he wasn't that he, that was kind of his big thing is that he used to be just like a straight pull hitter and he started kind of going the other way and he just created this this massive op, 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 opposite field swing and and really bumped up his home runs total he only had 27 last year so we kind of drop back down to earth a little bit i i see what you're saying this can kind of be the year maybe and see is he closer to that 53 home run guy or is he closer to the 27 home run guy
1: something to watch i mean it's as long as we're watching i mean obviously i mean i still think at this point his at-bats are kind of can't miss like maybe go get a beer after you know his because it, it's it's so just to watch a, something sail 450 feet into the upper deck like that's always i don't care who you are you know, Moneyball, Sabermetrics, that's always fun to watch. Absolutely. So, something to keep an eye on, I think. And they're on the hook for a pretty decent you know, amount of salary in him, too. Um, in the river of information there, I don't think that is going to mean anything one way or the other. But I think this is going of be kind of one of those years where we really see, yeah, where is where is he closer to? We talk like 27 home runs to let down. I mean, yeah. it is when you hit nearly double that. But that's still a pretty decent – I mean, that's – that's that's nothing to sneeze at.
0: No, I mean I think that then then the trade off is, is so interesting is that because he only hit 196, so he hit those 27 home runs, but he only hit 196. So I think maybe if you can lose a little bit of the power and boost the average a little bit, I think that would probably be that's right around where Chris Davis is going to maybe land. So right, is he
1: maybe like a rich man's Adam Dunn? Maybe. You know, like yeah. that's that's an interesting storyline. I mean, maybe that's fishing a bit, but the batting average, you know. I I I wish is he even still in the games? Adam Dunn retired. He
0: did. He, he he retired pretty much during the post-game ceremony or the dur- basically Directly following the them losing uh to that game to the royals last year, he pretty much was like yeah i'm 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 done i i had my I had my one playoff game experience that he actually didn't even get into the game, but then he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually retiring.
1: I would have loved to see Adam Dunn in i don't know that he ever made one but at least one home run derby like I oh, feel yeah. like it's super unfair." Cause that's what he obviously. That's it. That's That's all he does. He's gonna finish with like a buck fifty batting average, but thirty dingers. Like, let the man not worry about getting on base and just mash and see what happens. One time they couldn't do that. One time, I don't. Maybe they did, but not not to where I can recall.
0: Yeah, because I I, it would have been appointment television, and it would have drawn me into the home run derby more than I have been in the last few years anyway. So
1: right, which Um, let's be honest, it's sort of a silly. You know, it's it's kind of – the the pageantry of it is nice, I guess. Like, oh, have this player have their high school pitching coach or hitting coach pitch to them. Right. Like, that's neat. Kind of the par-3 competition in the Masters where, like, you've got, like, a John Daly teeing off of a beer can and, like, yeah. those kids, like, being their caddies. Like, that's – it's cute like that, but it's definitely not – it hasn't been must-see TV. But, man – I think he got jobbed. Just while we're on the Adam Dunn topic, he that's that's what the man did. Clearly, let him let him mash,
0: let him do his thing. Well, yeah. Well, okay. So we let, how, how do you think this shakes out? I know you, we talked about. We talked a lot about it. Um, for me, I'm probably going to have the Rays in last. I'd have the Yankees in fourth. Um, gosh, I'm that. Then I'm struggling with the uh, with the other ones. I mean, we are pretty much pretty similar in those two right we can we 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 can agree that those are the probably the last place two teams
1: i'd say count it yeah i mean i think one of the i mean if it went the other way that wouldn't shock me at all i really feel like the rays are just this is going to be a dumpster fire of a season for them and it's going to be one of those like hey you know bear with us hang on it's small market team they had a longer moment in the sun than a lot of people did like I don't see the Royals making it back to the show for another decade or two at least. Like, they had their shot. They're going to kind of fade back. The Rays kind of had some sustaining success where we almost forgot that they were a small market team. They're going to come back down in a big way. But if if the Yankees folded, you know, continued to fold like they have been and they ended up in last place, wouldn't shock me. But, I mean... For now, like as far as predictions go, I'm I'm good with with Ye- Rays and Yankees.
0: Okay. Sure. And then I think just thinking about it, I ha- I'm probably going to put the Blue Jays back in third place where they seem to have been for the last 15 years. Um, and uh, I'll have the Red Sox finishing second and I have the Orioles winning the division again, I think.
1: Sounds pretty close. I think because of that weird the the Blue Jays thing, the vibe, I don't know if if you know the Rogers Center was built on, like, an ancient Indian burial ground or something, but they always seem like that seems about right. Like, they just never can have all the things break their way that they need to have break their way. So that's – I'd say I pencil them in for maybe, like, 85 games and just just finishing out of the money. Um, maybe this is an article of faith. Maybe um, because I've been reading more about the Sox than anybody else, maybe I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid I am going to have the Red Sox finishing the, or winning the division. I think just based on the pieces they have in place and the, the, the moves I anticipate they're going to make, which is always dodgy. I, I get it. I don't want to hear a ton of, you know.
0: <laughs> what are they going <laughs> to do? On your,
1: either on your Facebook comments or mine. I get, I just, I understand, all right, that that's like a, a really terrible thing to prognosticate on based on what you as an amateur think that these professionals are going to do. Yeah. But, that just, I don't see it panning out any other way um, I think that gives them Just enough to push him into that 90 game Territory where maybe they They just gut people out in the first Half make a big splashy deadline Trade hopefully probably A rental hopefully hang on to a guy for more Than a minute as far as a starting pitcher Goes it can pu- you know elevate Their game but uh, It would break my heart But I it's the Orioles seem like a Certainly a safe a safer choice To win the division and it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me. They don't play in. A, I mean, aside from those those electrifying long balls from old Crush Davis, they don't play an especially entertaining. No. Brand of, of baseball, they're kind of the Wisconsin, you know. Yeah, they're uh,
0: just going to sort of plod and get it done. But they're yeah, they're, they're the ones that you know are just going to be there at the end of the day, really.
1: Right. They're all of those guys are still standing. That's interesting, and that's kind of been their game, sort of quietly. So that in a year like this, it wouldn't shock me. But I'm, as an article of faith, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna call the division for the Red Sox by by a couple of games by by playing over their heads and and doing something splashy. And Mookie Betts,
0: Mookie Betts, and Xander Bogarts!
1: And also another great baseball <laughs> yes. name. And Brock Holt, come on, yeah. I haven't heard I haven't heard an announcer yet make an Arrested Development joke for Brock Holt. Brock Holt it bumps me out because I say that literally every time he comes up to bat or does anything. <laughs> It's upsetting.
0: Well, so we're so you're keeping in the uh, the even year odd year thing. So we'll let you guys have this this one in the odd year. If you guys just give it back to us in the even year, I think that'll be that'll be. A th- I th- then I think we'll have a nice harmonious thing going, and we'll just annoy everybody else in the game of baseball, which would just be just wicked fun. So
1: comfortable with that. They hate us because they
0: ain't us. That's you know right. Peanut butter and jealous.
1: Can, can we? Can- <laughs> Can we, can we clear the air a little bit, just real quick? I know we're wrapping up, okay. but while we're on that topic, like, can we squash this beef with Pablo Sandoval? Can we, do we that?
0: We're done with it. The Giants are done with it. He's the one that keeps talking about it, I, I feel know, like. I
1: know, and it's, it's, it's almost, like, embarrassing. Like, I'm glad that you're happy, but, like, stop. W- perceived or not, like, we're, we're done hearing about the ex-girlfriend. Like, yeah. Yeah. I I maybe realer, like really realer perceived, and I feel like a lot of it's perception. I don't know that the Giants did him all that dirty. It didn't feel like it. I'm super stoked to have him, but it's it's one of these things where it's like, okay, just we get it. You're happy to be out. All this, like, can we can we get down to business? Can you can you show up in in shape for spring training? And can you just you know, it's it's I'm I mean, come on, Kung Fu Panda. That's you want to talk about like. The naming of things that's one of the best i'm so stoked to be able to root for a guy who that's his nickname no it's and great. i always did root for him when he played for the giants for literally that exact reason that's all it takes for me you know individual player fandom wise i'm super fickle when it comes to that and i make no apologies for it no but... you
0: shouldn't you got to do you man you got to do yeah. you got to do you and that's what it's all about
1: but the kung fu panda i mean he's gonna mash at third base you know i'm super stoked about that Maybe split some time with with Poppy because he's seventy eight and yeah. <laughs> maybe can't do it every day. You know, like that'll be exciting, and they can move Brock Brock Holt to third. You know, <laughs> those will be fun games to watch too because we really do. For me, I I would. I, they're not already making the bronze statue of David Ortiz to sit next to Ted Williams out on Yaki Way. Like I don't know, they need to get on that because that's happening. Let's be honest. I oh, know yeah. there's this the recent stuff that that article that he wrote about. This cloud of suspicion he's been under, but he's going to be the guy. But let's, you know, these are precious times. We're think, not going to have him that much longer. Do you
0: think so. that they'll? Do you think that they'll also bronze the the needle into his arm, or do you think that that'll be like removable? Or
1: all right, we're done do here. That's it. I'm hanging <laughs> out.
0: <laughs> well, if you want to hear more opinions about baseball all throughout the season long, um, Matt, again, you can uh, you can you can hear on that baseball show. Uh, and again, where can they find that?
1: Uh, You can check us out on iTunes. Uh, I think we're on SoundCloud as well, but I know at least last season we were on iTunes. We'll always post links to the Facebook. You got a question, you got something you want to share, the Twitter account, I I believe it's that baseball show. I can amend that uh, later. Cody will yell at me if I don't have that right, but I think that's what it is. Uh, Yeah, that's where you can find us, that baseball show.
0: Well, excellent. Well, Matt, thanks again for joining us and uh, for breaking down this very interesting uh, division. We appreciate you spending time with us.
1: It was my absolute pleasure, Ryan. Maybe we'll have you on, on the old TBS one of these days once we get going. I love I like it. That a lot.
0: I would love to do it. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. You can find us on Facebook as well. Uh, you can email the show, Pod at gmail.com. That's M as in Mary, C E A C H E R N. That's a mouthful. Uh, pod at gmail.com. Enjoy your evening. <laughs>